we had sent a company out to Peru to build a school and stuff. So it was super cool. But someone in Prior Lake had heard that or read the article and gave me a call and was like, hey, just read about you guys. And I have a $5,000 check I got to do something with. Is there anything I can help with? Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, you are. Hey, Thanks you know, for reminding we're just reminiscing yeah. with your mom not too long ago, yeah, and yeah. you were talking about how you, growing up, you used to always play superhero, oh, right? Oh, I love playing superhero. <laughs> I'd take a blanket and I'd try it around my neck. Back in those days, it was Superman, and that's who I really wanted to be. So I'd, I'm glad it wasn't Mighty I, Mouse. I, <laughs> I had what I thought was this cape. Actually, Mighty Mouse wasn't too bad either, oh, but I okay. loved Superman. I'd tie this thing around my neck, and I'd try to fly around the house, jump off furniture, and just really wanted to save people and fight the bad guys. That's what superheroes do. Yeah, I can really picture you doing that. I'm just yeah. glad you don't still do it around the house today. I could if you'd like. <laughs> That's okay. But honestly, I used to do the same thing in a different way, but with Superwoman. And I think... Wait a minute, Superwoman? Superwoman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? There's also Superwoman. Oh, there was? And okay, I don't know. I maybe I'm thinking Wonder Woman. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Anyway, Superman, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. But I did pretend as well that I was saving the day. And so I think there's a desire in most of us that want to save the day or help oh, yeah. someone in need. I, absolutely. I believe God has wired that into the core of who we are. We you don't necessarily all do it that way. And today's guest isn't necessarily a caped superhero, but he is a superhero in his own right in the modern day way helping people in need of help. And I yes. uh, can't wait to be able to introduce you to him. Yes. Today on the show, we have Shane O'Rourke, and he is a proud husband and father of two beautiful children. He's an alumnus of Bethel University, and he enjoys time at the beach or on the basketball court. He's an entrepreneur with a significant vision, and he's committed to making a meaningful impact on those who need it most. It was after a transformative trip to Haiti that he launched LiftUp in 2018. And, then, and since then, this platform has grown from impacting just one child to nearly 250,000 people in need. So welcome to the show, Shane O'Rourke. We're so excited to have you. There he is. There he hey, is. Thank you so much for having me, guys. He's got the superhero yeah, do right there. That is, if I had hair like that, I could actually wear a cape. <laughs> Shane, you're looking good and we're anxious to get into your story. Uh, yes. I'm just curious, have you ever considered yourself as a modern day superhero? You know, definitely not. Definitely not. This but so that, is, that is, yes. hey, it's quite the intro. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. A little, a little more than I deserve, probably. Uh, did you ever have a superhero growing up? Yeah, there was definitely, I envisioned my dad as a superhero. He just never missed a sports game, was always there. It, exceptionally supportive and made sure that us six kids had everything we needed. Wow. Six That's kids. A superhero. Hey, let's go back to the beginning with your upbringing and just what was yeah. life like growing up in your family and, and how did you come to faith? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. I know I personally 
was had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. So I was introduced to faith at a young age. And my mom always told me there was something different about the way that I gravitated towards my faith, where she one time when I was three came downstairs and I was praying on our toy box. I was kneeled down and had my hands on the toy box and was just praying to the Lord. And she's, okay, what's going on? Wait a minute. <laughs> now, were is... you praying, asking God for more toys? Or I, <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> what the prayer was, but she, yeah, there was just always something in me that I just felt super attached to and just really wanted to pursue the things of God. And I just felt like there was something special about it and had always, yeah, just felt deeply about it. That's so Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was yeah. been a good upbringing. It was blessed for sure. That's good. And so you mentioned you have there's six kids in the family. So let's talk a little bit yeah. about that and where you fall into those six kids. Are you middle, youngest, oldest? Yep. So I'm the second oldest. My brother was really independent, my oldest brother. So I felt like the oldest most of my childhood. And then the family's actually expanded. My parents adopted three more kids and wow. well, they're in their fifties. And so wow. pretty, pretty cool. That's why I think of them as my superhero. They do a lot of really cool things and I know they had a big decision to make when they were fostering these kids. And my dad just felt he had 20 years of golf where you could give these kids a chance. And so he went mm -hmm. for what he felt like the Holy Spirit impressed on him and mm -hmm. he went for it. Oh, I think he might be my superhero. I, well, is, yeah. I, so I think it's, I, I think it's so interesting because you, God had placed within you and on you an anointing for a work that you didn't know what that was as a boy growing up. You probably had somewhat of a normal childhood just out playing and doing sports and whatnot. Totally. Did, did your friends ever look at you as just a little bit weird because you were this Jesus freak? <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some moments of that growing up for sure, where I would, they'd catch me reading my Bible or I would try to share with them, obviously the gospel message and they would look at me funny, but then I'd beat them on the basketball court and they'd be like, okay, Shane, tell me what you're talking yeah. about. I was like, so I use that well, kind of as a, loves yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to do. I was like, okay, can you be a cool Jesus freak and then get people to, to be excited about the gospel and live it out in a way that's not weird, but in a way that gravitate people are attracted to. So that was the whole philosophy growing up. That's so cool. I love it. I'm just curious too. How would you advise parents today? There's some parents that are listening and say, man, I wish I had a kid like that. My kid's nowhere near. <laughs> Thing like that. But, but every child has a calling on them. And yep. could you just maybe encourage parents right now what they can do to help really foster that calling? Yeah, that's so good. I think allowing your kids to be creative and finding their passion points is huge. And then channeling that towards the Lord. Okay, if you're gifted in this, you're talented in this, how can you use that to be able to advance the kingdom? I think that's a huge thing because instead of being like what you think as a parent, maybe they should do, yep. you allow them to be in their passion point. And then just leverage that to be like, okay, how can we use that for the kingdom? And someone who I was actually homeschooled most of my childhood until high school. And I felt like our parents did a good job of that, of just having freedom while also immersing us in church and in sports and allowing us to be extremely social and have opportunities and multiple different facets to grow multi in a dynamic way would be a good way to say it. So good. Just hearing just a snippet of your childhood in the background. Most people would say, oh man, this is just the perfect life. But there may have been a couple moments that weren't so perfect. And yep. I'm just curious if you want to bring in maybe an area in your life where you had a trip up moment. Yes, absolutely. The first one that comes to mind, there's several, but the first one that comes to mind one? is I remember when I was like, I think it was eight or nine, I actually struggled with lying a lot. And so my parents, I remember one day my mom sat me down and she said, Shane, I can't trust you right now. And I can't trust that you're going to tell me the truth. And that 
pierced me. <laughs> I was like, okay, because there's, uh, I was like, I want, if anyone, I need my mom to be able to trust me. And that was a moment where I, she drove me to the Lord. She's like, go in your room, go pray about it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I felt like right then and there, I just asked the Lord, I was like, please help me to not like be tempted to lie, not lie anymore and be honest. I know it's biblical and that's what I want to do. And there was a shift that happened. And I don't know if it's just the purity of being eight years old and asking the Lord for that, but like, I genuinely never lied again. And I felt like it was just something. And obviously I probably tripped up with something, but the idea of the Lord really worked on me in that moment. And I think it was so cool that he just met me in that spot. And it was mm -hmm. something where I was able to, let's change this. I think that's more. great that even, and that, that's encouraging for parents to hear that even at a young age, oh. there's shifts in our spirit and God will shape us and mold us if we just surrender and we give our life and our sin to him in that moment. That's and so, so you knew to do that. And that's beautiful. So let's talk about where you are today, because you're anointed and called to do what you're doing today, but you didn't know this is what you're supposed to be doing until you had, you heard the voice of God or you heard him speak to you in your spirit. But let's talk about where you were, how you got to it and how this vision all played out. Yeah. Growing up, I read a lot of books about missionaries and it was something that really impacted me deeply. And I just read about these missionaries who were just experiencing the miracles of God in so many ways and his provision and just changing. Sorry, I, yeah. got, I just got to stop you, Shane, because that, that, that's so key. I, growing up, same thing, Book of the Martyrs mm. is what my parents yes. gave me. But I just want to pause for a moment because parents, your kids are, they're absorbing things that are influencing them. <laughs> Why not just try either your kids or your grandparents, hand them the book of saints or martyrs or missionaries like yes. Shane received. Talk more about the impact that had. Yeah. I remember reading one specifically of there was missionaries. I think they were in somewhere in Eastern Europe and they were running an orphanage and they did not have the funding they needed to get the kids fed. But they had seen God provide time after time again. And I was just blown away by their confidence that God was going to show up. And they didn't even ask if he was going to show up. They were just like sitting back and like, man, this is going to be fun. I'm curious how he's going to show up. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings. Yeah. Great expectation. Just full of faith. Doorbell rings and someone's got eight bags of groceries for him. And just exactly the amount of food they needed for all the kids. And I was like, that is the way I want to live. I want to live expecting God to move instead of wondering if he's going to move but believing he can do it at any moment. And I think that's what that really solidified in me that I think is somewhat rare today of believing God's going to do it and not and being expectant of what he can do because he's, he's capable of anything. Absolutely. And don't you think it's also thanking God in advance 100%. for the expect, expectation yes. of what he's going to be doing instead of yes. a prayer of begging or asking so much? I know yes. we're supposed to ask. I get that. But it's the thank you for even though it yep. hasn't. And that I think applies the front and the back end. Text on scripture, the leper, the 10 lepers who were healed, only one came back and said, thank you. Yeah. And like, I'm like, man, I always want to be the one that's always like on my knees after the miracle saying, thank you so much yeah, for so doing that. Well, let's talk about you because you are the one that is doing some great things right now. And it's because God has put you on this path. So let's talk about this. You were on a trip in Haiti and yep. tell us how all this unfolded and what you experienced. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty transformative trip. I ended up spending an entire month of J term. So I was at Bethel, as you mentioned, it was my junior year. And I heard about this Christian school in the mountains of Haiti that was being run by this 75 year old woman. And I was mm. like, man, I know I can help with something. I was like, I'm not, not the plumber or the engineer, but I can definitely come help out with whatever. So I was like, okay, so I the kids that, basketball. That's what I'm saying. I actually <laughs> tried it, yeah, They wow. started playing soccer out there. I was like, okay, I did my best, <laughs> but 
I went out there for the whole month of January and I was there something that one of many moments, but something that really deeply impacted me the most was I met this young eight-year-old boy named Kenzie. And I realized that he had been kicked out of school because he couldn't afford a pair of shoes. And not only was that his one chance at free education, because this is a remote village in the mountains of Haiti, but his only hot meal a day most likely was coming from that school. And I was like, we got to get a pair of shoes. And so that night we were able to find a pair of shoes. They're only worth $5 there. And he was back in school the next morning. I watched him. He was fed. He was educated. I actually went back four more times over the next two years and just watched him thriving. Like you'd expect, he had opportunities. He had access to nutrition, education, and the trajectory of his life changed. And I was like, man, for a $5 bill and a story that we could tell that no one knew, I was like, we got to figure out a way to tell this story. Yeah. So you're really starting to absorb the reality that God can provide and he provides through people and lives can be impacted as a result of that. That was like God just continuing to throw a little bit of wood on the fire here, so to speak. What happened after that? Because you saw the impact, you saw the results. Where did things go after that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I came home and I really just started a process, especially coming home to a private school. I was like, this is not, I have to do something about this. And I know it's so easy to be really passionate about it in the moment and come home and kind of drift away from that passion. So I was like, I'm going to start acting on this right now, because if I don't, I need to take steps immediately so we can start making progress and get this ball rolling. So I actually came home. I remember this is a little bit funny. I came home and bought my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We went to Starbucks and I got her a coffee and she has expensive taste. It was a $5 coffee. And I was like, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And she, but I remember thinking, okay, this five, this cup of coffee that's going to last about seven minutes is the same amount of money that gave this kid a chance to get back into school. And I was like, okay, if we can take that message and I know there's amazing people, especially in America that want to help. And they're like, and they're looking for a way to help and do it in a way that's trusted and user-friendly and easy access. And I was like, okay, if we can build a platform that can tell stories like this kid, Kenzie, who knew and no one else knew his story, but would be really easy to use. And we were able to really tell a story in a way where people felt like they could help people personally and then see the impact through photos and videos and GPS coordinates. And then the main thing that we felt was super important was giving 100% away. So every penny that comes in goes back out. And this whole concept actually came from praying through my experience in Haiti. I was praying about it for a couple months and then was just doing my daily devotions one morning. And I felt as I was asking the Lord for clarity on what I could do to help this type of situation, I felt like the Lord just downloaded the mission statement, the color, the logo, the hundred percent model. And I was like, I couldn't write it down fast enough. (laughs) And then I was, and then that was, I know I was like, okay, so this is obviously something I need to do. (laughs) It was crystal clear. Had you been thinking about anything prior to those experiences in Haiti, and you're still in college, were you thinking any other career path at any other time? Were you thinking, I'll be a businessman or I'll be a pastor? Yeah. Or what, what were you thinking? Yeah. So I, those are actually two things I was debating because I was like, my, my dad's in business. Yeah, yeah you nailed it. Yeah. And so I, ha- I actually was majoring in ministry and business. And so I was, I actually was very undecided and I was just hoping the Lord would speak through my college experience of what direction I'm supposed to take. And it's funny now feeling like I'm doing both, which is super awesome mm-hmm. and the way I'd love to have it be. But yeah, so I remember going to college, having a heart for specifically missions and ministry, but also thinking through ways to be an engine of funding to be able to help people in need and do it in a new way, an innovative way that could be self-sustainable and all those things. And so the organization is called Lift Up. 
And yes. I love the name of it because that's what ultimately we all want to do is somebody else yeah. in their yeah. life. And that's what you did with the little boy. And you've seen the ripple effect of what his life looks like and what you're wanting to do through Lift Up. But Lift Up is different. 100% of the proceeds are going to people in need, but it's not just one organization. Let's talk right. about how it all looks and how people can find a spot for them. Totally. So how the platform works is we try to empower donors the maximum way we can. So people get to come in, they get to choose from an a la carte menu of certified projects spread across the globe. So right now we're working with 50 different organizations in about 25 different countries. And you get to come in and that includes right here at home. And so you get to come in, you could say, okay, where's my passion point? Is it a water in India? Is it an orphanage in Haiti? Is it giving a kid recently out of homelessness in Minneapolis a bed? There's all these different opportunities that people get to come in and choose from a menu of options. And then, like I said, we give 100% away. Even we take it even a step further. We reimburse credit card fees so that if you give 10 bucks, not 957, wow. it's $10. So we have that funded separately so that when you come in, publicly donate, every single penny goes through. And that's just obviously burst out of seeing every dollar make a difference. So we give every single one away. That's so amazing. some people are scratching their heads going, oh, I don't even know how, how that works. How can you give 100% away? Yep. You said, so you have other donors who are paying for the operational expenses. Is that right? Exactly. Yep. So we've got something called the core, which strengthens the core of the organization. We, I'm a big branding guy. So it stands for covering operational retraining expenses. And uh, we, our donors are called lifters. And then we have core lifters. And so core lifters, they get to say, hey, we believe in what you're doing. We're seeing the impact. We want to support the organization so that you can go further faster. And so they come in and they actually fund that operational side, which includes those credit card fees. Wow. And how do you get the word out about LiftUp? Obviously being on podcasts maybe, but, yeah. but how are you yeah. doing that currently? Yeah. So we have several different ways. Our social media following has grown quite a bit. We have about 10,000 followers. So that's been awesome. And we have donors now in every state across the country. So that's been also word of mouth wow. has gone a long way. And then obviously stuff like this, and we have events and we just had an event on Tuesday where we had 150 golfers out and 50 of them were brand new and we get to just keep that kind of spreading. And then we also work with companies a lot and that kind of helps dive into their employees and their network and their clientele and that helps spread the word pretty quickly as well. Wow. Reaching audiences. Cool. So I really want to encourage people to go to your website. That was a fun and rewarding experience for me personally when I went there. Just to be able to see the different projects that you guys are working on and the ways in which they're being funded and you guys track everything. So as a donor, I get to see exactly how my dollar is going to work and how much money is left to completely fund that project. That is very unusual. So I want to encourage people to get there. It's liftup.com. How yep. do you pick the projects? I'm just curious because you've got a lot of partners. And so how do these yeah. needs surface and you're aware of them? Yeah, totally. So we actually have a spot on our website where people can submit needs. And then we have a very rigorous 24-step certification process. Usually takes three to six months as we track people's progress and follow their work and make sure everything is exactly what they say it is. And then we've got reference checks, interviews. We follow their 990 forms. We've got all the charity certification steps in place to make sure everything is buttoned up before we ever partner with them. But we're a pretty attractive model to nonprofits as granting funds to really impactful projects. And so we get a lot of interest. But it did start with kind of our personal network of missionaries we knew and friends that were doing really amazing humanitarian work across the globe. And so that is, that's ripple affected too, is that other side of lift up as we build out our referral network of partners. 
Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I love it. But you shared about the story of the little boy in Haiti. I'm sure you have tons of stories to share, but I think stories are what really motivate people and inspire them to want to give. And so I'm just curious if you have a couple other stories you could share that would be impactful. Yes, I would love to. So I one that always stuck out to me just because it is a big faith step to start something and you wonder, okay, is God going to come through? And is there going to be like, I can put these needs online, but who's going to actually fund them? And so I remember one of the most encouraging moments was, I think it was only our second project. And I was like, all right, because we like pre-funded the first two before we launched all that stuff. And I was like, this is a real one. This is live. We got to figure this out. And I got a call from Uganda, some amazing partners in Uganda. And they said, hey, Shane, our school just flooded and we're in Kampala and we're in the slums of Kampala and it washed the school away, essentially. And they're like, we have 145 kids that can't go to school right now and we need to rebuild a school. And I was like, okay, how much is it? Like in like 50 grand or something. They're like $4,200, $4,254. I remember the exact dollar. I was like, $4,254? I was like, we're going to do that. We're going to figure it out. So we're like in the process over the next two days, getting all the pictures, everything ready and the tech side. And I get a random call. We had a little newspaper article in Prior Lake where I grew up and they were like talking about the launch list up and stuff on the front page. And we had sent a company out to Peru to build a school and stuff. So it was super cool. But someone in Prior Lake had heard that read the article and gave me a call and was like, hey, my name's so-and-so just read about you guys and I have a $5,000 check I got to do something with. Is there anything I can help with? <laughs> and I was like, let me tell you about a school in Uganda. <laughs> and so awesome. it was two days that I had really nothing to do with either side. But the, just the face step of building the platform, all of a sudden there was a connection point so that these random guy in Prior Lake could fund this school that was just flooded in Uganda and boom, done. Within months, everything was done. And I was like, that is the Lord. And that is so encouraging that he is working all the time when we're willing to just say, yeah, let's build, let's build it. It's so incredible the way God can put all the pieces together in the right place at the right time and doesn't really need our help, just needs our availability. (laughs) Or our stress or our worry or our fear. Exactly, exactly. I got it, guys. Calm down. I'm guessing you're recording these wonderful stories because this is going to make a great, a great book that's going to encourage others. You read stories about missionaries. They're going to read stories that is, are going to be really evident of God's intervention. So there are some people who are saying, man, Sean, that dude, he's got it going. And I, that's great for him, but I don't hear from God that way. I don't see God provide that way. I guess that's just good for some people like Sean. What about how do you address those folks who believe that yeah. it's just your job and not necessarily mine? Do you have greater faith or? So Shane is a guy who, Lord, you've used in powerful ways. So just keep using him. So maybe I'll throw a little money that way. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. expect you're going to do anything in my life like you've done in Shane. Yeah, what you say that person? Mm. Hey, that's a really good question. I think the main thing is being quieting yourself to listen, because I don't think the voice of God sounds like what we expect. Wow. And I do think, I I do think he speaks differently to each of us. And so I think for me, it's a really still small voice that kind of gets stronger if I don't listen. And I'm like, I got to be really sensitive to it and really find time to quiet myself and to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you time. And that's where I feel like the breakthrough happens is when you give the Lord the space and the time to, to speak, because scripture says, speak me first. And that is what it takes, I feel like, to hear his voice in a clarity, enough clarity to say, hey, I'm going to go after this and I, because I'm 100% sure this is him. And I think the more you get in the word, too, it's his word. And so you, it sounds like him. 
And so the more you read scripture, the more it's, I think, easier to identify when he's speaking because it's consistent. And I think those are some of the two of the main things I've done of, okay, the more, if I can, even the days I don't feel like it, I've done Bible in a year. This is my fifth year, read the whole Bible in a year. And I just force myself, if I haven't done it yet that day, I force myself to read it before I go to bed. So I'm like, if I can get in his word every single day, not every day I'm going to feel like it, but I know every year he's going to transform me. And I feel like his voice has become more and more clear as I've done that because he'll speak to me through scripture I'm reading or like in prayer time. But I think it comes down to seeking him in a really vulnerable way that you're just, you're open to what he's going to say and let him work on you. So good. This is just a question because the way the world is today and how much noise there is in the world, whether it's television or social media or just friends, family distraction, all kinds of distraction. Totally. Why do you think that maybe a lot of people welcome that over hearing the voice of the Lord? Do you think they're afraid to hear what God has really called them to do and they're afraid to act on it? Or what's your thought? Yeah, I think that is part of it because it, I think it's also easier, <laughs> easier to listen to culture, easier to turn the TV on. I think it's harder. And I think there's a spiritual component to it also. Culture doesn't want you moving in that direction. And it's, you're always going one of two ways. And I feel like in the world we live in, we got to fight to, to live in the ways of the Lord and pursue him. And I think that's why it's talked about in scripture is pursuit. I think it's a daily pursuit that we need to do. And I think that takes effort and work. And I think so that side of it of just, it's not convenient for sure. And then I do think it is scary. Like I remember, because we're working on a whole nother thing called Lift Up Local now, and that feels like we're building again. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Lord, please don't make me build a whole new thing. Like again, I was so big and felt daunting, but now it's so exciting. But I think that not sure what he's going to ask and knowing he's probably going to ask something big that's going to stretch you on the front end can feel uncomfortable. And I think you're in the back of your head, you know, he's going to ask me to do something that's going to get me out of my comfort zone. So it's just another thing that potentially make it easier to go a different direction. Yeah, but in the long run, it's always worth it. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, obviously, building what you're building takes a lot of work and there's a lot of challenge. Mm -hmm. There are some disappointments along the way, some expectations that you had that weren't fulfilled. So it's not like it's all smooth sailing for you. Yeah. So what's your first go-to when you hit something that looks like a roadblock and Like you said, we almost have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. But when you get to that place, what's your first go-to? Besides God's word, of course, right? Yeah, totally. I think God's word is the main one. And I think sometimes I just got to go clear my head and go play basketball or go do something Uh, physical, go for a run. Give yourself space to be disappointed. Give yourself space to process and then come back and be like, okay, Lord, what's this next step? Or what does this look like? Or what can we do differently to make this work? And I think that's important to not just raw, yes, everything's great all the time, but like that, that was disappointing. So let's sit in it for a day or two. Let's process it so we're healthy to move forward and then move forward in a better direction and learn from it. So good. I don't hear many people say that. Give yourself some time and space to, yeah, to just work with that disappointment. (laughs) It's okay. And then you leave it there and you move on. And it may not even be a disappointment. I was actually talking to someone earlier on on an interview and it may be something that's so great that you still need to process because yes. either yes. end of the emotional spectrum well, can leave you just whatever. Yep. So you have to process. So give yeah. yourself space is good. So let's talk about Lift Up Local. Now, what is Lift yeah. Up Local? And obviously it's a spinoff of what you're doing, but let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, totally. So this is a cool story I'll try to share briefly about. I was on a plane ride home from Detroit 
So I was flying by myself for the first time. Usually I've got plenty of people with me. And so this time I was, I had time to just seek the Lord. I was just praying and like processing. And I felt like I looked out the window and speaking of God speaks to everyone in different ways. I was seeing these yellow lines popping out of houses. And I felt like the Lord was just like every home you're seeing with the yellow line has a need. And I'm like, okay, so let's, and I knew we're, I, lift up's getting traction on the global side. We have not been able to figure out how to do it locally well, because it's, it's not orphanages, water well, we don't need schools here. Well, it looks totally different. So I was like, what could we build that could meet that household need that the single mom who just had twins and can't afford a double stroller. I just heard a story last week of a mom who's about to lose custody because she can't afford a bed for her six-year-old son. Wow. And I'm like, okay, that's the stuff that we need to fill that gap. And that's where the need is in America. Yeah. So processing through how do we build up a branch of our platform that feels a lot more like Airbnb, where you get to search a zip code, you get to search a city, and all of a sudden you see all those needs, the single moms, the kid who needs a bed in your community, in your neighborhood even potentially. Cool. And then you get to fund that need, still 100% goes through, but we're able to work all the vetting through our referral partners who work on a daily basis with these amazing people that deserve this help. And so they know relationally, they know what their life is like, they know them well enough to do the vetting and then submit those needs into the platform for to go fully through, get visibility, get funded, and then we fulfill it straight to the referral partners, back through Amazon so they can hand deliver them. We get the personal touch back, make the referral partners look like good guys because they are, ma- they are the heroes, right? They're doing the day-to-day work on the ground. They get to take the stroller and deliver it to the recipient. And that is like just amazing. And so allowing people to click a button, change a life. That's essentially what Lift Up mm-hmm. Local is going to do. And so we're going to be building it here with a bunch of companies getting involved and white labeling it for them so they can have the ability to say, hey, we want our employees to engage in this way and they can give in their own communities and then spread that across. I mean, think about all the, it is, I just get excited about this because you think about how people do, what is it? Food for the, not food for the poor. Ah, we must starving children. And they'll do that in different groups will go and do that. So there is that desire in, in corporations to want to give back to the community and this totally. is this is awesome. Love it. Yeah, just try to make it super easy for people. Yeah. When's the launch? And are you handpicking different cities or is this going to go national? Yeah, so we're, man. nope. So we're going to start primarily in, in the Twin Cities and some other markets within the state of Minnesota. And we're going to do that. We're launching right around the first of the year. And so that's going to be a full, we're going to do a full year. 2024 is the year of Minnesota. We're going to refine it, perfect the platform. But the beauty of it is, I think within two years after that, we're going to be able to be in every big market in the country because it's scalable. It's a digital platform. So yeah, I can fly out to LA and get everything set up and Boys and Girls Clubs already beta testing the platform with us. And they're like, we've got obviously 2 million families that we serve around the nation. And they're like, this is exactly what we're looking for. Easy access for people to give and make a difference for these families. So we have a lot of really cool momentum behind the scenes that's building right now, which is really exciting. But yeah, to answer your question, 2024, we're going to be Beautiful. all over Minnesota. Yeah, wow. it gives us all a chance to be Superheroes. missionaries digitally. That's right. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. Well, and right it. in your community. Yeah. Well, Shane, I just get the picture of that little three-year-old boy <clears throat> kneeling by his toy box, talking to God, having no idea what he might have been praying ready. or what God was getting ready for you. So. Just grateful that you've got a heart for God and a heart for people and you want to serve. And I think your life and what you're modeling inspires all of us that we can do more. 
And it might be just as simple as clicking a button and changing a life. So that's why I really want to encourage right. people, get over to liftup.com. You'll be amazed at what, you, but having said that, Shane, is there any one in particular need right now that you'd like prayer for or assistance in? Is there something that kind of surfaces above the other needs? I think it's just building awareness of Lift Up Local. Like, how can we get large audiences excited about this? Because we're going to have, I could, I'm no joke, we could have millions of needs in that platform by January 1st. And so you got to build the seesaw. How do you have enough resources on the other side to meet those needs? So we're obviously going to scale in a smart way, but just how do we get so many people aware of Lift Up Local that you can meet the needs as they come in and have that nothing stay stagnant, but let everything move and everyone get what they need. I love it. I love it. We are honored to have you on your biggest breakthrough yeah. and just really amazed at how God is working in and through you. So thank you for heeding the call and God bless you. And we will look forward to seeing all that God will do through liftup.com and you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a blast. You're welcome. Bless Take you care. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Yeah. So amazing. Gosh, uh, just think he's a young guy and he's making yeah. such an impact. God is doing it, but he needs people that are going to take action, right? Shane was like, yeah, I'm ready. Whatever well, I, I got to do. He saw the vision. Exactly. And I think every one of us have already had an anointing, a calling, but God's not finished with you yet. Yeah, uh, no matter one, your age. Either wanting to expand what you're currently doing, again, for his honor and glory and the benefit of others, or something brand new. He, he gave us some pointers that I really think are applicable for everyday life. One is you just seek God. You yeah. seek him constantly, yeah. daily, intentionally. And watch and see how he begins to prepare you. And then as he gives you vision for various things, you have Great to expectation. You've got to have that expectation. I love that. I do too, because yeah. that will build your faith in the process of watching God provide and direct and lead. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing he mentioned is when you have that expectation and you have this vision, you got to act on it now. And I cannot tell you how many times I've procrastinated on things. Yeah. Oh, like, are you sure? Yeah. Did I really hear from the Lord? Yeah, or I I'll, get to, to that? I'll get to that. Oh, sure. I just got other things right now. Ugh. But Shane said what he did is he acted on it right away. So I'm going to encourage us. That's just so obedience. It. It's being obedient. All right. It's being obedient. <laughs> so yes. Obedient. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. And again, go check out liftup.com and yeah. see where you can make a difference in the world or in the city that you live in. If you are looking, we always close like this, but if you're looking for some assistance in your own life, you know that I work with women and their health and their well-being, and you can go to wendypet.com to learn more. And if you are looking to get master your faith, family, fitness, finances, and you're a guy and looking to get yeah. more mentored there, you can go to toddisburner.com. Yeah, to learn and more. check out, we're going to launch, we're just a short while here, we're launching a special group, a coaching group, and a course that accompanies the book. Would love to have you join in on that. You'll get the information there at toddisburner.com. And would you share this episode with yes, somebody else? Because you know we can get the word out. We can change lives, yeah. but people got to know about it. So please share this episode with somebody else. God bless. See you next time. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment. And we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.